This is the Ironside Podcast with Brett Kane. And joining me today is a supreme friend and mentor, my exemplar, Joe. Joe, thanks for coming on. Man, you uh, you flatter me, uh, but uh, thank you so much. I, I, I think that uh, I speak for a number of us uh, when we say that uh, that's how we describe you. Uh, is sort of uh, kind of the best among us uh, that we uh, just enjoy your presence. Uh, just, you know, simply being in your orbit uh, is a better thing for all of us. Uh, so, so yeah, it's great to be here. Great to be here. Well, thank you so much. I, I think that the, the orbit is, is mutual and we're all building each other up. We're all edifying one another. And I, I think it's a beautiful thing. So, so Joe, you go by Athenian Stranger on Twitter, and and for those who who might not know the significance of that, can can you just give a little background on that? Yeah, sure. Uh, so so my uh, area of specialty uh, in philosophy, uh, as a as a lifelong sort of student of philosophy, uh, is uh, it, it it's primarily Plato, but always with a kind of reference to uh, Nietzsche. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's a couple other people in there as well, but like uh, my, my PhD dissertation is on uh, Plato's laws. Uh, it's his longest dialogue. Uh, and the primary character in that uh, dialogue is the Athenian stranger. Um, and the reason that I like that so much is because, uh, you know, the, the laws is the longest dialogue. The second longest dialogue is the Republic. And everyone's heard of the Republic and everyone uh, at some point point or another reads portions of it, uh, but few people read the laws. Um, and in the laws, what it is, is you would think it's going to be this long dialogue about, uh, you know, uh, things like law, right? Um, and, and it is, in a sense, but more than anything, it's a dialogue about education. Um, and that's what the Athenian stranger is fundamentally concerned with, is uh, the role of philosophy uh, and education and how those two things come together uh, in the best way possible uh, that's still practical um, for the kind of the flourishing of uh, human community. Uh, and so, uh, you know, my love of education uh, and just sort of uh, sharing with other people the things that I've been fortunate enough to learn from very, very outstanding uh, professors. Uh, I just thought that that seemed to be appropriate. Uh, so that's, so I chose Athenian stranger. It's uh, just seemed like kind of a good fit. Uh, although people are telling me I'm due for uh, a revamp. Uh, so <laughs> who knows, right? Uh, maybe, maybe I'll choose another one. Uh, that's one of the great things about uh, being on anonymous Twitter uh, is that the creativity of the names that people use are just amazing. Uh, and sometimes they're just outright hilarious. Uh, so, so yeah. And, and I think that yours ha has enough layers and enough personal significance that, that it makes it really interesting uh, as a number of our, our friends do. And, and I think that you are so integrated and you, you talk about being a lifelong student of philosophy, but you also have the best physique in the world. You're, you're so fit, you're so strong. How do you think philosophy and physicality uh, contrast and complement each other? Uh, that's kind of you to say, because I happen to be my own worst cr critic. 
you know, I always tell people, you know, all of us every single day uh, see ourselves uh, naked uh, as we're getting into the shower. Uh, and so every, every morning uh, we either like what we see or we don't like what we see. Uh, and so I sort of judge myself uh, every morning as to how I'm progressing uh, or stagnating uh, or maybe even falling backwards. Uh, based on that sort of daily uh, accountability, right? The, the sort of the, the nudity into the shower, right? Of all things. Um, look, you know, I, uh, I got into lifting weights uh, a long time ago because, um, you know, I, I grew up watching these great movies. Uh, I think like, uh, I remember watching, you know, Rocky Four as a kid, uh, and, you know, all of those great movies, right, that, that were sort of the 80s kind of things. Uh, and uh, I, I just enjoyed working out. I wasn't really into sports. Uh, I wasn't into school or anything like that. Uh, and I was mostly like a kind of a skinny little runt. Uh, and so I didn't really have anything going for me. And then uh, I started getting picked on, uh, you know, of course. Uh, because that's what happens to kids. And I think that that's actually, uh, it's not a bad thing, really, because, um, you know, life is life is tough, right? Uh, just plain and simple. Uh, and so you have to toughen up with it, uh, because no one's going to give you anything for free in life. I mean, you know, there are these people, of course, that, uh, you know, they live off of the kind of uh, free things that are given to them uh, by, uh, for whatever reason, right, for whoever they know, or the fact that they come from a lot of money or something like that. But for most people, uh, it's just not like that. Uh, and even for them, I would argue it's still, uh, they still have their battles that they have to deal with. Um, so I was the kid who got picked on so badly uh, that, you know, I got my head dunked in the toilet, right, in middle school. Uh, and it was funny because I remember the, the, they were the popular kids that came into the bathroom uh, and I was just sitting there taking a piss uh, in the urinal. And, um, they were talking about me as if I wasn't even in there, you know, it was kind of like, Hey, let's, uh, let's dunk this kid. Right. Uh, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I'm, I'm in here, right. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a human. Uh, and you know, they didn't care. They just sort of lifted me up and just sort of, you know, blunk. But, uh, you know, that's what really sort of, uh, that stands out as my biggest memory, uh, as far as getting into working out and stuff. And, you know, uh, my parents, uh, were, they were like everyone else's parents, right. I mean, they're busy working, trying to make money, and so, you know, I didn't really have a dad to take me into the garage and, you know, show me how to fight or anything like that. Uh, but, you know, he did, you know, buy me a set of weights, uh, bought me a whole bunch of punching bags and stuff, all kind of rhythm bags and stuff like that. Uh, so look, sort of he created this amazing uh, workout unit in our garage. Uh, and I just kind of took off from there um, because even when I was in high school, right, I was trying to. Uh, go work out uh, in the weight weight room, right? But of course, you know the popular athletes are in there, and they'd make fun of me for even being in there, right? Uh, it's it's that's sort of how the world is, right? I mean, they don't really grant that everyone has to start from somewhere, right? Uh, that's why in our little orbit, that's why I always love supporting all of my mutuals who are just trying to get into working out because, uh, you know, they're at least stepping foot into the arena. Uh, most people never even do that, right? Uh, and to simply have people that support you as you're trying to do that, uh, I think means everything. Uh, you know, there's a number of uh, mutuals who have always been so generous to me that are far better, uh, professional wise, even uh, with lifting weights and everything than I'll ever be. Um, but uh, it, it was it was when I went to college, 
that's when I sort of finally really took off and just uh, uh, I went to a place where no one knew me, uh, where I could live in the, the two places, the gym and the library, uh, because I was thinking, you know, I'm never going to let this happen again. Uh, and I had been motivated by a math teacher. Uh, and he never really even taught us math. He was a retired basketball coach from a different state uh, who just loved teaching. And so he'd come to uh, a, he had moved to this state where we were. Uh, just so he could teach for a few more years. And he was really just a kind of a motivation speaker more than anything. Uh, he used to sit, he used to, I mean, we're supposed to be learning math, right? Uh, but we were such a God awful poor school. I mean, half the school was not even American citizens. I mean, it was, you know, we're talking uh, illegal immigrants and stuff. And so none of us were, we all knew none of us were really supposed to be anything. Uh, and so he would just sort of motivate us every day. You know, he used to tell us if all he did for the rest of his life was park cars, uh, he'd be the best. Uh, of all of the people who are going to simply park cars, right? Because at some point people will notice, right? Uh, you know, you may not ever be the best at whatever it is you do. Um, and, and that, of course, is not really your fault. But what is always going to be your fault is if you don't work the hardest, right? Uh, there's never an excuse for someone to not be the hardest working person in the room, right? Uh, so if you're going to do something, if it's going to be associated with you, uh, give it everything you've got or don't even bother, right? Uh, because uh, then you waste everyone's time, but even and especially your own time. Uh, and so I, I sort of found that working out uh, and, uh, you know, my sort of, I, I fell into philosophy later. That's sort of a whole different story. Uh, but I found that they just sort of go together um, in a way that is, it, it's kind of hard to explain, uh, but it just seems right. Uh, you know, there's, I don't subscribe to this belief, uh, and it is a mere belief, it's no, there's no proof to it, uh, that somehow mind and body are separate, right? Uh, the human being is such, uh, is a unity, uh, plain and simple. Uh, and, uh, you know, men are, you know, we have testosterone, we, so, so we can produce but more muscles, right? Uh, so in the same way that you have to stay on top of always being someone who's trying to learn and better yourself, uh, I think it's everyone's sort of obligation to not forget their body as well, right? Uh, most of the problems in the world, at least in the West, that we're facing presently usually come around to people being obese. Uh, and, and, you know, that's just inexcusable uh, because, uh, well, I mean, you have, like I said, uh, you, you have to look yourself in the mirror, right? Uh, and if you don't like what you see, uh, then you should, you should be actively trying to change it, uh, improve it. Uh, because, uh, you know, there's, we live in a world that's rather shameless right now. Uh, and I think that, that there's a good case to say, to say that we should start making shame great again. Uh, people do need to be ashamed of certain things. And we're, we are a, a civilization in decline uh, that needs to be ashamed of an awful lot of things, uh, a whole, I mean, I run down the list of the, the, the kind of degenerate things that everyone celebrates. Uh, and I just was, uh, uh, have always thought that if you just really take a kind of pride in yourself, uh, you know, we might, individually, we might not change the world on our own. Uh, but if we can live the change that we want to see in the world through our own life, uh, then at least that's kind of uh, a little bit of a light in an otherwise dark world. 
and you're not just shouting at the darkness anymore, right? Uh, you're sort of providing a light. And, and sometimes all it takes in anyone's life uh, is to just cross paths with just one person uh, who influences them. Uh, and you can change someone else's life for the better. Uh, you know, in my own case, uh, I have made so many mistakes that it's, it's embarrassing. Uh, and I always tell people mine is a, my life is a very cautionary tale of kind of what not to do. Uh, so that only motivates me even further uh, to, to sort of uh, come out on the winning side at the very end, right? Uh, kind of like, uh, I love the story of Samson. Uh, it's this guy who had all this great potential for good uh, and he squandered so much of it. Uh, and then at the very last uh, sort of moment of his life, you know, he, he asked God just one, you know, just one more time, right? Just one more time. Uh, you know, let me have, uh, let me have this uh, for these people who have uh, destroyed me. Uh, it, but he recognized he had destroyed himself, right? Um, and, and that's sort of the, what I always like to think of is, um, you know, being that kind of example uh, for other people, right? Because the whole point of the Samson story and, and what I'm sort of all about with regard to being in shape uh, and, and being a thoughtful person uh, is redemption, right? I think redemption is the single most important word uh, that has ever come into uh, mankind as such. It, it, and I'm not speaking necessarily religiously, I'm speaking just in general, right? People redeem themselves uh, when people, because all of us fuck up, right? We all fuck up horribly. Uh, and uh, the only thing that can save us from when we fucked up horribly is at least to have a kind of very, very serious responsibility on ourselves to not allow it to happen again, uh, to redeem ourselves from what we've done. And I think that that gets to a lot of uh, my endeavors with exercise, uh, my endeavors with reading and studying and just sort of trying to share all these things with other people uh, and letting others know that it, if, look, if I can do it, my God, anyone can do it. I mean, there's absolutely nothing special about me whatsoever, uh, except for the fact that I've used so many of the failures I've had in my own life uh, as a kind of fuel uh, to motivate me to be better, uh, just to be better, period, right? Uh, no qualifications, just always be better. So, Well, I'm, I'm going to give just a, a little bit of pushback there. There is something special about you. you you've always had... Uh, since I, I've had the pleasure of, of knowing you, uh, a certain quality that is is magnetic, um, for lack of a better term, uh, and and really ennobling. I mean, I could just listen to you talk for for hours, and and fortunately, I, I get to do that a lot of time because you're always hosting spaces on Twitter or or contributing, and you know you're you're such a good friend and you would have uh, every right to kind of take the helm you know and and be first among us or, or even first among equals but you're always lifting other people uh, and you you know how important my faith is to me and one of my favorite things that jesus christ said is whosoever will be greatest among you let, let him be the least and a servant to all and you you are a true leader servant and i one of my favorite expressions is standing on the shoulders of giants and and you are that giant and you pick us you know little guys up and and put us on your shoulders and i'm, I'm very I, grateful I do want for to that. i want to point out to your listeners uh that uh, brett can talk about lifting up the little guys uh and himself being one all he wants 
but his arms are cannons. Uh, I've seen these. Uh, the man is carrying. <laughs> Uh, th those aren't arms, they're howitzers. Uh, so, <laughs> so I appreciate that. Oh man, thank you. Well, and and that actually reminded me, you know, I, I loved that that story you shared. I'm so sorry that you know you you got a swirly in uh in middle school. Um yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I want to emphasize this is uh, you know, people say that sometimes, uh, but but I know what you mean by this, and I, I know you this is not you, but uh this is not me trying to say that I was any kind of a victim because I always want to emphasize that that is simply life. Okay. Life is fucking hard. Okay. So toughen up, right? Everyone needs to fucking toughen up uh, because uh, the more and more, look, this is something that I go on and on about with regard to Nietzsche. Uh, Nietzsche, I think is simply right when he talks about uh, the things that plague modern man that have caused the world that we live in to be such a kind of trash world, uh, to use a, a, a phrase from a very uh, important book. Uh, the trash world that we live in uh, is in many respects a consequence uh, of the way in which people uh, have mistaken uh, the proper understanding of, of two things, right? Of pity and love, right? Uh, because there was a time when people used to say that there was this thing we called tough love, right? Uh, when you love someone enough to let them have to work their way out of their own problems. Uh, and the same thing for pity, right? Uh, it does nobody any good uh, to be someone's shoulder to just cry on because unfortunately, uh, and this is just something that's true, uh, human beings as we are, we often sometimes uh, look for the easiest ways out. Uh, and it's very easy to sort of manipulate other people's feelings by having them feel sorry for us. Uh, and the fact that they would feel sorry for us makes us feel a little bit better uh, about you know, have, having not performed uh, in, a, in a way that was much more excellent. Uh, and that's the key word, right? Excellence. Uh, so, so relearning how to, how to really love uh, and relearning how to really show other people sympathy and pity. Uh, th those are sort of the twin pillars of Nietzsche's thought, which I, uh, find so fascinating and, and, and powerful. Uh, and I know, and, I, and I'm not saying this, that I, I'm not, again, I want to say, I'm not saying this because uh, that's how you were feeling, but I just, I, it's very easy sometimes when other uh, people hear these sorts of things uh, and they would just simply say, well, you know, that guy was talking about being a victim and got his head dunked. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that made me fucking stronger, right? That turned me into a man, right? Uh, and everyone has to go through these rites of passage, as it were, uh, in one way or another, whether it's losing a girlfriend, uh, whether it's someone cheating on you. Uh, I mean, the whole host of everything that can go wrong in a life that cuts us deep, deepest. Uh, we often have to experience these things to really wake us up, uh, to tap into that deeper potential that we could have to be better. Uh, but, but anyway, as you can tell, I've got a lot of caffeine in me. I, I live on too much caffeine. And so once I start going, sometimes I don't stop. So just, uh, I'll, let, just shut me up at any point, right? So, oh man, I would I would never presume to shut you up. I, I like I said, I love listening to you, and, and I'm so glad that you you clarified that because you know I've I've never thought uh, of you as as a victim at all, and I like that you said you used the word uh, a excellence because that that's a wonderful word, and 
one of my favorite scriptures, and this is from the New Testament in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 31. This is where the apostle Paul uh, says, and, and this is interesting because juxtaposed with the 10 commandments. And one of the things that it says is not to covet, don't covet your neighbor's, you know, property or his animals or whatever. But the apostle Paul says, covet earnestly the best gifts and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And I think that that so soon is like, we, we should want to be better ourselves. And I think that it, it's so cool that we, we can excel. And like you said, the, the world as it is, is so uh, complacent and the highest virtue to them is this perverted tolerance that uh, condones and even encourages mediocrity and not just mediocrity, but, but below mediocrity. Um, and I, did you ever see the film or read the book, The Power of One? Uh, let's see. I'm, it's not ringing any immediate bells. So it's, it's about this, this boy uh, who is this Dutch boy who grew up in South Africa and uh, you know, he was kind of the little runt and he ends up going to you know, this, this boy's school and, you know, all the, the bigger kids are bullies and, and the shower, you know, they, they beat him up and piss on him. And he ends up becoming just this amazing runner, this amazing boxer. And uh, yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, Morgan Freeman's in it. Um, and, and the book's great too, but it just kind of reminded me of that. And, and I loved how, you know, you used the example, your dad, you know, he gave you some punching bags and, and gave you some weights. And that was a cool thing that he didn't just, you know, he didn't just try and comfort you and say, oh, it's okay. You know, like, it's okay. If you get a swirly, uh, I, you know, you're special. He's like, Hey, you know, here's some tools. Uh, don't worry about why I went wrong. Just, just make it right. And, and I had a similar experience and I'm, I'm in no way on, on your level, but yeah, I was, I was a fat kid and I was really embarrassed about it. And I got, got teased and uh, we ended up moving uh, from the Chicago area when I was 13 and I had homeschooled uh, for seventh grade, just because I couldn't, I was right across the street from my middle school, but I got teased mercilessly. And I was, I was just, I couldn't bear going to school. And then we moved to a, a rural town in uh, Western Washington. And just, we had acreage and mountains and rivers and ocean and just being outside. And I got taller and stronger and more fit. But one of the things my dad had got me even when we were living in the Chicago area was a punching bag. And he set that up in, in our new garage and every day I hit it. And um, I remember eighth grade uh, after gym class, you know, I was back then my arms weren't as big as they are now. And I remember I was standing in the locker room. And I was like feeling my bicep and uh, this kid came and he was making fun of me. Uh, and uh, I still remember his name, Scott Shoneman. And he was, you know, like slapping my, my fat and uh, call me cheeseburger. And uh, I, a year later, yeah, I had leaned out a little bit, gotten a little bit taller, but I was walking home from school. I got jumped by a bunch of guys and they wanted me to fight this guy. And I kept saying, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. I'm backing up. And they formed a circle and were pushing me. 
And this guy's coming at me swinging and I had my hands up. I said, I don't want to fight. And finally I was like, I can't get out of this. So I just threw a punch. And that was the first punch I had ever thrown uh, in self-defense and hit him in the nose and his head, you know, rocked back and he started bleeding. I was like, Oh, this is just like hitting the bag. And I ended up, you know, beating him up and, and uh, it was great. And I went to shake his hand afterward and cause I, I had no problem with him and he took my hand and, and sucker punched me. And this is why I tell people only suckers get sucker punched. And my jaw still clicks to this day uh, from, from that. And like you said, not a victim. Like if I had to relive that moment every single day for the rest of eternity, it'd be awesome. I don't mind getting punched in the face. I'm not made of glass. Uh, I'm not making excuses. Uh, his name was Zach Taiji. So Zach, if you're listening to this, happy to have a round two or, or just, you know, break bread. <laughs> but, you know, I ended up in a, uh, the, the, it's funny you bring this up because the, the first time I ever threw a punch uh, was rather late. Uh, I was a sophomore in high school uh, and I had uh, started getting into working out already. Uh, and now this is going to sound weird because I just said, you know, how I had always been picked on or whatever, and it wasn't very good. Uh, and I, it wasn't until I went off to college uh, that I really sort of bloomed. But uh, there was there's a little gray area here um, because I was that kid who just didn't want anything to do with high school sports because I'd been picked on so much. So I was actually in P.E. Uh, but I was working out at this point uh, because, you know, I had that little uh, setup in the gym, uh, my, in the garage or whatever. Uh, and it was a very, very large high school I was originally at. See, I only ended up in this little tiny, uh, in the middle of nowhere town uh, in Texas because I got actually kicked out of the much larger high school. Uh, what had happened was, uh, and this is all middle-class kind of stuff, right? And this is why I think, you know, the whole stuff with bullying and everything, uh, I mean, this is important, right? Because it's not just inner city schools that this happens at. It's not small schools. This is life, right? This is, I mean, that's, it is, there's something about uh, human beings that is a kind of law of the jungle, no matter where they're at, no matter how rich or how poor their family are, it's always going to be that way. Uh, and we had had some kids that had been, there were two brothers and a cousin. Uh, this, the, high, the, the high school, the, the graduating class was over a thousand people. I mean, this was a very large high school. Um, and uh, two brothers and a cousin had come from another local uh, high school a few miles down the road. Uh, and they were, they were legitimate, like, gang members i mean there, there was there's no uh, ifs ands or what's about it i mean there were these uh, sort of uh, gang members and uh one of them was uh, 20 years old he was a or it might have been yeah i think it was 20 he was a 20 year old sophomore in high school uh and the reason i it, apparently the state law is that they can't kick kids out of high school until they're over until they hit once you're 21 you can literally no longer be with these kids or whatever uh, but they were like these gang guys or whatever. And me and my best friend were walking home at one day and everyone knew that, you know, these guys were gangsters or whatever. Uh, and they, it was so funny because they were driving down the street and I was just in a bad mood walking home or whatever. Uh, and this, someone from their car, right. They had this really nice Jeep or whatever. And someone stuck their middle finger out at me as they were driving by or whatever. And I just kind of held my arms up, like, you know, what's up. Uh, and of course the car immediately pulls over. Uh, and it's like a clown car because uh, all these people get out of it somehow. Uh, I don't know where they all came from. And next thing you know, because we're, you know, we're only about 100 or so yards away from the high school. Next thing you know, it was as if the entire goddamn high school 
uh, was surrounding me uh, at the uh, crosswalk because these kids were so new and everyone knew that they were they were legit like these were guys with guns and shit. Uh, everyone wanted to see what was going to happen because they made a big splash when they showed up at the high school. Right. And uh, the guy got up in my face, the 20 year old guy. Uh, and he was, you know, saying he was going to kick my ass or whatever. And I was just like, look, man, I, you know, I don't want anything with you or whatever. Uh, and then of course the police showed up and separated everyone rushed away, but I knew I was going to see him the next day. Right. I knew I was going to see him the next day because uh, we both had PE together <laughs> of all things. Right. Uh, and, uh, I remember uh, I went with my friend to the gym that night because I wanted, I was so stressed, right? I mean, I was all, I was so worried about this and I didn't like being picked on or whatever. Uh, and uh, we went to the gym and I remember I was doing chest that night. Uh, and I remember I, I, I did uh, 275 on bench for I think seven reps uh, that night as a uh, 15 year old uh, sophomore in high school. Uh, and I remember my, my friend was, kind of freaking out because he and I didn't always work out together. I usually worked out alone. Uh, and he couldn't believe I just did that. And I was like, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm strong. And I, I was actually stronger as that sophomore than anyone else that was in the high school. I think at the time I probably could have maxed uh, about 350 uh, as a sophomore, uh, stronger than all the seniors and stuff, but I just didn't like any, having anything to do with them and stuff. And I skipped school a lot too. So I wasn't, you know, they didn't even probably didn't know I existed. Uh, but the very next day we walked into the locker room where we had to change for PE. And of course that fucking guy, a 20 year old guy was sitting there, you know, talking all about me and them with it. Uh, and I, my locker was sort of in the back uh, with the sports lockers uh, because uh, you know, I just sort of, that, that was where my locker was. Uh, and I remember uh, almost immediately he was up in my face uh, and he was sort of going, he was, he was in my face, just saying all this kinds of stuff. And I just remember saying, I was like, look, I, I don't want to fight you. Uh, and he literally said, he goes, he goes, you're going to, he goes, you're going to fight me or I'm going to kick your ass every day, uh, that I see you going forward period. Right. Uh, and I just, I remember the, well, the last thing I sort of remember was just sort of throwing this uppercut. Right. That was it, because I knew I mean, I was literally backed into a corner. I mean, there was I was there were I was literally in the corner right of the locker room. So there was nowhere to go. And there were people around. And I just remember I threw an uppercut right right at him. Uh, and I just I remember seeing his eyes roll behind his head. He, he stumbled a little bit back. His eyes rolled and he fell down. Uh, and then all I heard was my friend that was with me at the time. He goes, kick his fucking ass. Uh, and, you know, again, I'd never been in a fight. <laughs> I'd never been in a fight and I'd been bullied for so many years at this point. Uh, I just got on top of him uh, and I just started raining down blows with him. And I remember, uh, you know, not to be too graphic to your to your audience, but a little bit of blood spurted up on my arm. And then next thing you know, uh, blood was everywhere. It started with, and I was just holding his and, and his, his like his head was like, I mean, he was out. Uh, but I grabbed his head and I was, I remember screaming. I was like, I was like, I'm not done with you. And I was just raining stuff down. And I remember my best friend, my friend that was there with me, he goes, he goes, shit, man. Uh, so, well, he pulled me off or whatever. And we, we actually, we ran out of school altogether. <laughs> we just got the fuck <laughs> out of there uh, because a bunch of gangsters showed up at school afterwards uh, looking for everybody uh, from the local town that, of the, the, it was, I think some, it was some kind of like Crips gang or something. It was something, I don't know, who knows. But I just remember we were leaving and, and uh, afterwards uh, my friend was like, he, he goes, he goes, he goes, holy shit, man, he destroyed him. And, 
you know, I had blood all over my shirt and everything. And, and he goes, he goes, man, he goes, uh, he goes, I wanted to see you make him pay for that shit. Right. Because you have to understand this is a 20 year old kid in high school who had already been picking on a bunch of the retarded kids. Right. I mean, the guy was literally picking on the retarded kids. Uh, and I mean, retarded, like they were really retarded. Right. I mean, he was picking on everybody and no one would fight him. Right. Cause everyone was too scared of him. Uh, and I just remember my friend is uh, Brandon is his name. Uh, he goes, he goes, you know, I wanted you to make him, I wanted you to make him feel it. Right. He goes, I wanted to make sure that you gave him a lesson. He goes, and so I saw some blood and I was like, okay, good. He goes, then I saw too much blood. And I was like, holy fuck, you're going to kill him. <laughs> so, and I just remember like, uh, you know, uh, and of course I was never allowed to go back to that school. They kicked me out completely. Uh, I almost had to leave the state, uh, because, but, but I just, I, what they told me was apparently there was so much blood because uh, I, what happened is I shattered his jawbone. It went into the back of his throat. Uh, and uh, my dad was, uh, not so angry that I finally stood up for myself. He was angry that uh, that he, my dad, uh, was the one that had to pay for the reconstructive surgery uh, <laughs> because, uh, uh, you know, he literally had to have his jaw reconstructed and they weren't even able to uh, file any charges on me for like, you know, well, first of all, I was underage, so they couldn't, but they weren't able to do anything to me for a number of weeks because his jaw was wired shut to simply grow back. Uh, but, you know, that was sort of my first experience with throwing a punch and everything. And I, uh, and but I bring that up for this reason, not that, uh, you know, you sh everyone should be sort of bone uh, breakers with their fists or anything. But uh, I personally think that many, many problems in this world would be solved. Well, not just not the world, but the West. Right. Because the, the, the rest of the world outside of our world, uh, they know a thing or two about, uh, you know, consequences uh, for being jackasses, uh, bullies and stuff like that. Um, many problems would be solved if people fully understood the consequences of the way that they treat other people uh, because that is the real life that's the real world right this is what we're seeing happen in the world around us right i mean countries are invading other countries uh because that's what happens in the real world in the west uh we've become so comfortable and uh lazy uh believing in our these things we call civility right speak nicely to everyone so that you don't hurt other people's feelings uh you know everyone's allowed to have their own values and principles or what have you just respect all of them uh that's not the way the real world works uh and we're finding out in real time right now in the west that you can't civilization will collapse under those kinds of beliefs uh, because, uh, you know, we talk about things like multiculturalism in America and the West, uh, but we're being, we're being embracing of cultures and priding ourselves on cultures that if you go to where those cultures really are in the world, like the Middle East or uh, China, uh, they don't want anything to do with multiculturalism. They laugh at us for this. Uh, and this is, uh, in many ways, exemplary of, uh, you know, schoolyard kids uh, who get into fights for petty reasons or whatever, uh, be, precisely because uh, we have lost contact uh, with what it means to live in a world where there really are enemies. There really are people who are out to hurt you, uh, who are out to do damage to you, whether it's political, uh, or personal, or professional. Uh, that's why so many people have to exist in the West as anonymous on Twitter. Uh, precisely because uh, we're so divorced from the idea of real consequences uh, that people have made a living out of doxing other people to make them lose their jobs and 
this kind of monstrous passive aggressive behavior uh, rather than being real men uh, and simply saying, look, if you got a problem with me, uh, let's find a way to solve it uh, instead of, you know, uh, trying to uh, send a bunch of uh, BLM activists to my house, uh, to my family, uh, to get me fired at my job and stuff like that. Uh, and how we find our way back to that, I don't know. Uh, but I certainly think that uh, things like physical training, right, lifting weights, uh, knowing what it means uh to train uh, in the kind of martial arts and stuff, that brings a level of real uh, appreciation uh, for how you speak to other people back into the game, right? We've sort of put that on the sidelines uh, and, and pretend the varsity team that's playing out on the field, uh, all these uh, rather effeminate people with their silly claims to virtue uh, and their silly claims to uh, things like wearing a mask means that you're a patriot, that kind of shit. Uh, that somehow that that's the real varsity game when the real uh, men are sort of sitting on the sidelines, just looking on thinking, what the hell are these people doing? Uh, and that's sort of where we are, uh, unfortunately, uh, so. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. And one of my favorite parables or fables that I, I like to highlight, and I think there are a lot of applications to it, is the emperor's new clothes. And you get this uh, enterprising uh, salesman who comes in and convinces the emperor that you know, nothing is the finest uh, material in the world and he's going to make him this amazing gown and then the emperor ends up parading around naked you know we talked about you know being naked getting in the shower and having all of our, our weaknesses laid bare but here he is parading in front of his people and you've got all of these uh subjects that are you know affirming this delusion and lying to the emperor and saying how regal he looks. And then you get this youngster who's like, the emperor's, you know, he's walking around naked. And I feel like that's what's happening because what these people are doing is they're not only is it enough to, you know, tell someone, oh, hey, it's okay. You know, yeah, you might be overweight or whatever, but, but you're beautiful, you're special, you're important, you know you could arguably good things you know someone especially is lacking self-esteem uh but instead of using that to help this person see their innate worth and having that inspire them to get better they are pushing for them to wallow in their own decadence and and not only is it hey it's okay if you're out of shape you know which it's not but they go so far as to say, no, it's actually healthy to be morbidly obese. And the, you know, even these sports companies are showcasing uh, people that are you know, not only like average out of shape, but very unhealthy. And I, I think it, it does a great disservice to lie to people. You know, you look at this uh, whole transgender uh, craze that's going on. And I always equate it, you know, if, if I knew someone who 
was anorexic, I wouldn't indulge their delusion, their their illness by saying, you know what? Yeah, you're hey, you're right. You could stand to lose a couple pounds. You know, you you wouldn't lie to them. And I don't know why these people are are so insistent on lying to other people because it, it is it's hurting a lot of people. And like you said, you know, I, I don't know where that starts. And obviously individually, we can't change the world, but I think, you know, individually we, we can lift where we stand. And one of the things that I think would be so important is if we could get some combat sports into schools, you know, government schools are horrible to begin with, but if, if we are going to have these kids in an institution where it is dog eat dog and they are muzzling kids uh, and or letting them be torn apart by these other dogs instead of giving them a constructive way because I mean even you got kicked out way back then and and I got suspended for for fighting as well later in high school and now I mean there's legal action taken against against kids if they beat up a bully and and they're the bad kid if they stand up for themselves yeah th- that's what happened to me actually that's the reason i got kicked out right because uh I, it, it didn't matter that this guy wasn't a legitimate gangster it didn't matter that he was 20 years old as a goddamn sophomore uh with a bunch of 15 year old kids uh, all that mattered was i threw the first punch uh and uh the, the way that the administration treated me the the vice principal and the principal and the police that were called uh Actually, the police were on my side uh, because they liked uh, knowing, because they knew a thing or two about these guys. Uh, They had actually been arrested before a number of times for burglary, uh, for armed robbery, actually. These kids had been arrested for armed robbery. Uh, And so the police were on my side about it. But the administration, uh, all they cared about was that because I threw the first punch, uh, and not just that, but they said because, you know, then I jumped on top of them afterwards, which, uh, you know, of course, they don't realize that uh, you know, that's what happens with kids that have been bullied, right? I mean, it's, it's not something you don't, you don't necessarily, when you don't know how to fight, right? I didn't know how to fight at the time. Uh, I had just, you know, become very strong and, and knew how to throw punches with those punching bags. Uh, but I'd never been in the situation uh, to, to know how to sort of control that inner fire uh, that, you know, you throw one punch and you just, you automatically, you continue to go on them, right? Uh, because it's just, uh, you know, it's just all coming out. Uh, my friend told me at the time, he goes, he goes, dude, you were, you were, you were screaming shit that was incoherent. You were saying shit like you weren't even finishing your sentences. You were like, I fucking hate f- fucking bullies. Fuck, I mean, just like, just non, I mean, just, it was all coming out. And I don't, <laughs> I don't remember any of it, uh, but the administration kicked me out because of that. Uh, but, but what you're saying is exactly correct because um, what we have, and I think it's simply human nature is that look, all of us are going to be afraid of things. We are all afraid of things. I mean, that's the meaning of anxiety, right? Uh, That's the meaning of things like depression, uh, of sadness and such. Uh, We're afraid of things for whatever reason. Uh, But what I like to tell people is that, uh, you know, our civilization treats fear as if it's bad, right? You know, it's so bad to be afraid of shit, right? Uh, But I think of it the other way around. Fear is a good thing because behind every fear is really the person that you want to be, right? Uh, You know that you're afraid of something because of a kind of weakness in yourself, uh, a vulnerability in yourself, or something that's just not right about yourself that you would like to improve upon. Uh, 
And so uh, when you recognize that fear, you should fucking embrace it, right? Uh, because you're going to overcome that fear uh, by facing up to it, right? It's the whole thing about uh, MMA and stuff, uh, martial training, uh, because uh, even if you get your ass kicked, right? Even if you fail, uh, that's still better than pretty much the rest of the world because they won't even step into the arena. Uh, you know, they'll sit back and be their armchair quarterbacks and laugh at people for getting their ass kicked or whatever. Uh, but when did they ever step into the arena? Uh, when did they ever, you know, literally face off with another man uh, who could very well just destroy them uh, with who knows what? Uh, you know, sometimes you're lucky if you just get hit with a fist because uh, anyone who's taken an elbow uh, knows the <laughs> they know that. Right. I mean, if you've if you have taken a kick to your liver, right, the, the, the good old liver shot. Right. Uh, you will drop like a towel <laughs> and, 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 and it's going to stay hurting for a long time. Right. Uh, that's the whole point about the liver shot. Uh, but but that's the problem is that we we treat fear as if it's something bad uh and of course it can be right uh but it can also be something that is incredibly uh powerful as a way to become uh the kind of person that we really want to be uh you know i always point to lizzo about these things right uh, she's this morbidly obese woman who was trotting around stage singing apparently i didn't i don't even know any of her songs or anything <laughs> Uh, I just know that she gets on stage half naked, fat, uh, fat as fuck, really. Uh, <laughs> and everyone celebrates it because they're like, oh, my God, she's being a beautiful woman. She's living her life uh, when everyone knows that it's disgusting, uh, except for, of course, the people who want to celebrate victimhood and make things like victimhood uh, new virtues, right? Uh, it's like, no, that's not fat. That's just uh, a different kind of beautiful. And in fact, it's a better beautiful, right? Uh, but then Lizzo lost a lot of weight. And uh, all those people who were championing her as this great person, they turned on her, right? Uh, they literally attacked her because she lost weight, because apparently uh, Lizzo must have woken up one day and realized that actually being obese is not that fun. Uh, it's certainly not that beautiful. Uh, and life on the other side of obesity is quite better. Uh, and, uh, but they attacked her for that. Uh, so that's the kind of uh, world that we live in, uh, where we should always be very, very suspicious of whatever fashionable things are being said as celebrated, right? Uh, the Bruce Jenner guy who was an actual Olympian athlete. Uh, wanted to become a woman. Uh, and they, of course, they give him a parade and they give him a... Uh, uh, what is probably Time Magazine cover of the year. Uh, so this is the kind of clown world that we live in, uh, when in fact, we should not be feeding these kinds of things. Uh, we should be encouraging people uh, to rather uh, face the kind of things that uh, are they're afraid of, right? Uh, rather than retreating to these uh, positions uh, of entrenchment where they say, you know what, fuck the rest of the world. I'm going to be fat and uh, I'm going to show it off with mini skirts and short uh, tank tops or whatever. Uh, or if I'm not, if I'm not a particularly masculine man, uh, then I'm going to uh, say that I want to have my name called a woman uh, and I'll identify as a woman and all this stuff. Uh, and then of course we get accused of being toxically masculine, which is a stupid phrase that absolutely means nothing. Uh, when in fact, uh, what it is, is uh, it is a very uh, biological thing uh, 
to be a male uh, versus a female uh, because uh, last time I checked, uh, reproduction only happens in these two categories when they come together. Uh, you know, it says that in every single biology book of uh, middle school and high school uh, to this very day. Uh, but of course, once you graduate high school, then the rest of the world says, okay, uh, you know, uh, really your sex is uh, not biological. It's just whatever your mind wants to think of it as. Uh, so the, again, the, the clown world that we live in uh, that's fueling uh, these kind of uh, otherwise very rare pathologies, uh, making it seem like they're, uh, that everyone has them and that everyone should be accepting of them uh, when really they're not life affirming, they're life denying. Uh, and we know they're life denying because the rest of the world uh, that wants to celebrate our own destruction uh, is laughing at us because of them. Uh, and they would never tolerate these sorts of things in their own civilization. And they're on the rise while we're on the decline. Uh, so it's sort of as simple as that. Amen, brother. No, that's exactly right. And I, you touched on something I think really important is that, you know, there's no loyalty uh, amongst them, because as soon as, you know, you try and excel or get better, then they withdraw their support. And in fact, they, they turn on you and they, they don't believe in redemption. And I use that, that word, they, they don't believe, you know, if someone does something wrong, no apology, quote unquote wrong in their eyes, no apology is good enough. No, uh, you know, acts of, of restitution are good enough. Um, because they don't believe in redemption. They don't believe in, in getting better uh, because it, it's contrary to uh, their ideology. You ha have always been a, a good and loyal friend to people, you know, whether or not you agree on everything across the board. Can you, can you speak to, to that, you know, that fraternal love and, and that brotherhood that you exemplify? Yeah. You know, um, this is something I struggle with in my life uh, deeply. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's popped up on Twitter a few times because, uh, you know, I, I've, I place a premium value on uh, friendship and brotherhood and honor, uh, loyalty, uh, probably too much so. Um, and the reason I say too much is because, uh, you know, I've been recently doing spaces on Nietzsche. And so I've been reading a lot of Nietzsche again. Uh, and he has an awful lot to say about this in a chapter of Zarathustra called On the Friend. Uh, and he says that one of the problems is that very often uh, people are, are, they want friendship so badly that they embrace others as friends too quickly. Uh, and he even says that very often reaching out your hand uh, to another person uh, is a mistake, right? Because uh, he says that often what they really need is uh, uh, for you to be reaching out with a paw. And he actually says, I would like that their paws even have claws, right? Uh, this is the old case of things like frenemies. Uh, people will line up around the block. Uh, and this is just human nature. This is not something that will ever occur. Uh, overcome. I think this is the way uh, human beings are. People will line up around the block to watch you fail. Uh, they will not be there or even want to be there to watch you succeed. Uh, 
and and that's not a moral statement that's just simply the facts on the ground uh now i try to bring uh for the longest time i had a, a pinned tweet about an amazing article on friendship because in modernity uh well think about it this way you had, me and you have talked about aristotle before briefly uh in aristotle's nicomachean ethics uh which is his account of what it means to be happy in life right what does it mean to be flourishing in life uh Friendship takes up a very large portion of the text, very late in the text, which is strange, right? It seems strange because he's, he's already gone through all the virtues uh, and he's slowly working his way up to what it means to be happy. Uh, but before he gets there, he has to talk about uh, friendship. And I think he spends uh, two chapters uh, of the book uh, on friendship. If I remember right, it's uh, eight and nine, uh, maybe nine and 10. Uh, but that's always been uh, this sort of uh, question mark about the text, right? Well, why does friendship, what does friendship have to do with all this? Uh, because uh, it turns out uh, he has a very famous phrase. He calls, uh, th there's friends of utility, uh, you know, and then there's friends of the good, right? Uh, and there's also a kind of uh, friendships of intimacy or what have you. Uh, but the point is this, uh, the real meaning of a friend, right? We use this word too casually, right? Uh, the real meaning of a friend is a kind of second self, right? Another self, another you, right? But it, not just another you, but another you that's better because the other you can see the blind spots that you might not be able to see. Uh, and so they can help you point those things out or they can help point those things out to you so that you become better together, right? Uh, and then the image that he uses, the very famous image for uh, philosophy itself uh, is he goes down this list of what, what, what are the things that friends do together? Uh, and he goes down this list. And of course, uh, the one for philosophy is hunting together. Uh, the philosopher is uh, in hunt of the beings, right? The nature of being. Uh, and so with friends, they do this together uh, because uh, it turns out you have to, you, you can't sort of discover the world in your own mind. Uh, you're going to need someone else that's going to be involved in that enterprise with you. Uh, and of course, there's also at the lower level, the simple fact that man is by nature a political animal. Uh, we, we need company. Uh, we need companionship. Uh, and so all of these things come together for me at least uh, as a very, uh, very high regard, uh, the highest regard for things like loyalty uh, and manly friend friendships together, right? Uh, not the kind of, a lot of, in, in modernity, we have people who will get married uh, and then they sort of retreat from their male friends, uh, which is I think to everyone's detriment, right? Everyone, all guys need guy friends the same way that girls need, women need women friends. Uh, but with men in particular, uh, it's extremely important because uh, as we're seeing, right, and exactly as you just pointed out with the, the case of Lizzo, and I would go on further to say all of these clowns on, on the left, especially, uh, you know, you have people that, are, that have been in uh, full-blown blackface, right, Justin Trudeau. Uh, you know, that's the stupid late night comedian. I forget if it's Colbert or whoever the hell it is that was in blackface. Uh, and then, of course, you know, they offer their apologies 
uh, or anytime anyone on the left makes a mistake uh, that goes against the grain, which is usually always a hypocrisy, right? Because it turns out they don't believe the shit that they say. Uh, they'll offer an apology, but it's never good enough, right? Uh, because uh, they want more, the, the, the left wants more and more and more to gain from that apology. So you never apologize, right? An apology is, is a, a great weakness uh, on behalf of that sort of thing. Uh, you own the mistake uh, and then you move forward, right? Let your actions uh, speak for you, not some silly apology to people who hate you. Uh, but but the, the point of the loyalty being so important is that uh, as we're seeing in the world around us, as things fall apart, uh, if people don't stick together, there's nothing, right? You're going to have nothing. Uh, you want to talk about the real state of war, right? As if, uh, like to, to talk of Hobbes, right? Hobbes said the, the natural state of man is a state of all-out war. Uh, well, if you want to see that, uh, it's always right in front of us. Uh, you don't have to go very far because uh, despite all our talk of civility uh, and not hurting people's feelings, uh, look how monstrously passive-aggressive most people are, Right. Uh, you, you might do something stupid or someone might attack you uh, on Twitter uh, and then all of a sudden you start seeing the likes pile up, right? Other people won't jump in and, and you know, compound the insult, but they sure as hell will press like uh, if it's someone making fun of you. Uh, and these are acts of passive aggressive behavior in the most public sort of way. Uh, and that's the world we live in. Uh, so uh, without loyalty, we're not going to have anything, Right. Uh, because loyalty is all, and I don't mean this in the sense where, because see, this is where people will always attack me on this stuff. They'll attack everyone on this stuff because they'll say, uh, well, you know, uh, I don't have to be loyal to someone who's, uh, you know, breaking certain principles or doesn't believe certain things. Uh, and that's when I just say, well, hold on, you've misunderstood the meaning of friendship, right? Because friends will come together, uh, you know, behind closed doors to have a discussion and say, okay, look, uh, if I've upset you or if I've offended you, let's work this out together, right? I, you know, because you're my friend, you, you mean very much to me. I don't want to lose you. Uh, let's talk about it in private. Uh, but what we're seeing is stuff that goes, uh, takes place uh, very publicly. Uh, and and, and I'm, I'm, I'm really talking about the whole world in general, right? I mean, that's the whole point of all this public gossip and the doxing uh, and all this sort of despicable behavior. Uh, because uh, we have to show uh, our fellow men uh, that there, this is part and parcel, the, the loyalty is part and parcel of redemption, right? Because uh, when you uh, sort things out and, and speak as men together to solve problems uh, in a good faith way, uh, you are allowing the possibility of redemption because every single human being has done something dumb. Every single human being has done something to be ashamed of. Uh, and, you know, anyone can attack someone for something else, but you have to ask yourself, well, is that still the same person, right? Uh, ha has he changed? Has he become better because of it? Is he, has he corrected the deficiency, right? Has he improved? Uh, you know, that's one of the reasons that I like posting, you know, the workout videos and stuff or the pictures of, of me working out or whatever, uh, because, uh, you know, if I don't live up to a certain standard, uh, then I'll let the whole world see, uh, because I'm not that person anymore. Right. Uh, you know, if I get under, uh, you know, 500 pounds on squat, uh, and I fail, 
then I'll post that video too, because you know I'm no longer that person, right? I'm getting better. Uh, I'm gonna strive to be better. So maybe next time I will hit 500 or if I don't hit 500, uh, you know, so what? Uh, you know, I'm trying, right? Uh, and these are the things that provide uh, the kind of redemption for among friends uh, that allows uh, things to not uh, explode, right? Uh, and that's the, that's the problem that we have in this world right now where everything is a kind of state of war, but we're hiding it under this very thin layer of what we call civility, politeness, uh, these sorts of things. Uh, when I think that there, uh, there is and has always been a very good alternative way uh, and the older approach to things like philosophy and, and life in general uh, that we find in the Greeks, uh, for instance, uh, was much better about this stuff, right? Uh, and, and that's what I like to point out with things like uh, loyalty, brotherhood, uh, friendship, uh, all of these things. They come together, right, with this, this understanding of redemption and the fact that all of us have failed at one point, we'll certainly all fail again at another point. Uh, but as long as we know that we've got people in our corner uh, that are going to be with us through the worst of it, right? Uh, those are the people you want as your friends. Uh, and I think that if uh, more people lived that way, or at least even were aware of these ideas, uh, that the world could be a much better place. Uh, so that's, you know, that I think that's probably a very long answer to your short question. So I apologize for the monologue. Oh, not you. No need to apologize, brother. And it, it reminds me. So uh, one of my uh, favorite figures, and not only in history, but but also my faith is, is Joseph Smith. And uh, Joe Smith had a lot of betrayal. And th there's this one guy, W.W. Phelps, who ended up uh you know, signing an affidavit uh, of these trumped up charges against Joe Smith that, that led to his uh, imprisonment and, and torture and all these horrible things that happened to his family and his people. Uh, and years later, W.W. Phelps had, had a lot of remorse and, and sought forgiveness. And Joe Smith said one of the coolest things, he, he wrote him a letter and said, come on, dear brother, since the war is past, for friends at first are friends again at last. And, and I love that. And you described it so well is, you know, like you fail on a squat. Well, you're not that same person. So it, it, it's, it's not uh, a, a subtraction of you to share that video. And I think that's what so many people on the other side lack is, is a, a sense of improvement and betterment and change and, and growth because they like their TV dinners and they like everything in its spot and nobody can move and everyone's in a state of, of, of stasis and, and, uh, and they don't like change and they don't like growth and they don't like improvement uh, and everything is forever. You know, they'll dig up a tweet from 15 years ago and get you fired for it. And so, yeah, you know, I, I got a funny, just sort of a quick, funny story about that. Uh, my best friend, uh, he's sort of the guy that uh, it's, I, I jokingly refer to him as creator. Uh, and he jokingly refers to me as creation. Well, he actually calls me my, uh, he calls me his mouthy creation, right? Uh, because I'm, I'm <laughs> so, so this is it, right? Uh, there was a time when I was uh, involved with a, uh, she was a very beautiful woman. She had been a playmate and everything, right? Uh, but she was kind of a man eater. 
uh, and uh, I was with her for a long time, and I was just so. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm I hate to say this, but I mean, I, I think we would have what we would call it today uh, is that I was kind of I was a simp. Uh, I was her boyfriend that sort of let her, uh, you know, be this monster uh, and sort of let her get away with it and everything. Uh, and I had been best friends with this guy, Derek, uh, love him to death. Even to this, this day, we're closer than family. Uh, and uh, I had quit hanging out with him. Uh, you know, I'd been best friends with him for years. Uh, and I just sort of kind of, I became that guy that sort of drifts off. You know, he gets the girl that he wants to be with and he just sort of falls away from the fellas. Uh, and I did that. Uh, and, uh, he would occasionally text me every now and then, and he would just simply say, uh, Hey, have you grown a vagina yet? Right. I mean, your dick is gone. Do you still have to have a pussy yet? Uh, and I would sort of laugh about it and, or he'd send me screenshots of just him giving me the middle finger. Right. Uh, and I finally, when I finally realized that I was losing, uh, my best friend, uh, this, this was, this took a few years, right. Uh, but I had lost sort of my best friend. Uh, I, this woman was a monster uh, and beauty is certainly only skin deep. Uh, that's when um, me and him became friends again. Uh, and when I contacted him, he just sort of embraced me and was like, man, I'm just glad I'm, I'm just, it's good to have you back. He goes, uh, because, you know, you're pathetic. Uh, and, and his approach to that friendship and that loyalty, though, uh, was very, very much like the military, uh, break and build, break and build, break and build, right? Because every time you rebuild, you become stronger from how you were broken before. Uh, and we had another falling out, though. This is what's so funny, uh, because he knew how to date women, right? I mean, he could work any room. Uh, he had been with a lot of women. Uh, and uh, at the time, uh, I was uh, in graduate school, uh, working on my PhD and I was working at a health food store and there was this beautiful woman that would come in and visit every now and then. Uh, and uh, my best friend, Derek, had, had basically taught me how to talk to women, right? How to become good uh, at just being a guy, right? How to, how to approach these things in a, in a way that you're, you're no longer a simp. Uh, and uh, so things ended up going well with this beautiful woman that kept coming in and visiting. Uh, and we ended up going on a date and all that. Well, anyway, we, we, we were together for a while, but uh, I realized rather quickly that I didn't want to be with her uh, anymore because she just was, was kind of strange. Uh, but she was the exact kind of type that he loved, right? And so I gave uh, him her phone number. Uh, and, you know, of course, she immediately texted me uh, later or she called me and she was like, are you whoring me out to your friends? Uh, and I was like, no, nah, no, nah, you know, it's just you and you and Derek have so much in common. I just figured you guys would make a great, uh, you know, you could go out because he he loved to party at the time. He he went to all of the hot spots and uh, just uh, was doing all that stuff. And that seemed to be the kind of life that she wanted. And it just wasn't me. Uh, and so, you know, I just kind of like to quiet her life or whatever. Uh, and anyway, he took her out on a date and, and uh, he fucked her the first night, uh, which, uh, you know, I, I got kind of salty about it and was kind of mad. Uh, which was absolutely stupid uh, because I'm the one, you know, that didn't want to be with her, but, but it, it was just weird. Right. And so he and I like didn't talk for a while because of that. Uh, and then uh, out of the blue one day uh, he called me, this was a, like a year or so later. And uh, he was, he just said, he was like, he's like, yeah, man. Uh, he just, he, he said he was just calling to see what was up. Right. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah man, I just want to talk to you. 
And I, I cut him off and I said, man, I'm so glad you called because, uh, you know, I, I'm so, I'm just, I'm happy for you with, with what, because I knew uh, from other friends that, you know, things had been getting better in his life and he, you know, he got, uh, he'd gotten married or whatever. Uh, and I just wanted to tell him how happy I was for him. And, uh, and he said, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate that. He goes, you know, things aren't that great. Uh, he, but he said, you know, I've just, I fucking missed you, man. Uh, because, you know, we had that, that special sort of bond, like, a, again, uh, not just best friends. I mean, it's like family, right? Uh, and we've been tight ever since. And literally nothing uh, can separate us now, right? Because we've argued uh, about me having been a simp, apparently twice, really. Uh, and, then, <laughs> you know, uh, him, him and I, I mean, we, it, it, that's the way that uh, I think guys, uh, should aim with their friendships, right? Because he was never sparing of me uh, when I was being a, a simp or a pussy or whatever. He, he called me out on it, right? Uh, you know, you tell another man, you know, you, dude, do you got a fucking vagina or what the fuck is wrong with you? You've disappeared from the guys. Uh, you know, show them kind of no mercy. Uh, but at the same time, when they come back around and realize their mistake, you fucking open your arms to them and you're like, welcome back, brother. We've missed you, Right. Uh, and so we went through that. And I just think that uh, there's so much to be gleaned from that with a lot of other guys, because uh, you, you know how much of a world of egos we, are, we live in. Uh, and a lot of people simply can't take any criticism. Uh, and even when it's uh, concerning the most important things of when guys are going to be uh, having chosen a girl to date or get married to. And another person, one of their good friends says, I think that's a horrible idea. I think you're fucking up, man. Uh, and then, of course, friendships end because of that. Uh, and they don't have to, because if people could understand that, again, uh, the real meaning of a friend uh, is to help someone see their own blind spots uh, and be uh, appreciative of these things, right? Uh, I think that as long as men conduct themselves that way with real honor, right, real honor, uh, then all obstacles can be overcome, uh, even if they never, even if they don't come to a uh, a reconciliation of how they did of a disagreement right they can still be the best of friends uh and i think uh, again you know sort of the world uh, but especially guys in particular uh, we can be so much more than we are uh, so much more than we see around us uh in, in the friendships that we see uh breaking constantly uh fights breaking out and things like that uh and and but, but anyway, again, another long answer. Sorry for something you said. No, no, not at all, man. I, like I said, I, I could listen to you forever and I, I really appreciate coming on. We've been going for over an hour here and I know your time is, is precious. So we'll definitely have you on again because there's so much that I want to talk to you about and, and you know so much and you're so generous with your time and your knowledge uh, and, and your friendship. And it's not a zero sum game. I mean, we can all get better and we can all help each other. And I'm so grateful for you. So where can our listeners find you? Uh, where can they connect? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, it's just me on Twitter at uh, Athenian stranger, uh, you know, Athens underscore stranger uh, is me. Um, uh, I, you know, I mostly just post philosophy lately. Uh, my, my, my thing is hosting uh, really good spaces, uh, not so much tweeting. Uh, I really like hosting spaces to provide an alternative uh, to a lot of the kind of nonsensical spaces or the politics spaces. Uh, I just like to share the things again that I've been fortunate enough to have learned from some of the best professors uh, in the world on these, on these topics. 
and I just think it's always fun to to just share these things with people that are uh, interested in learning, right? I mean, uh, people can see that Twitter doesn't have to be the septic tank in the sewer yep. uh, that it's known for. So, absolutely. Well, we'll link you in the in the description, and thanks again for coming on, Oh, and uh, I love you, brother. And uh, until next time, this is. Ben Brett and Joe out.